Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Sidebar with Cindy. On Kaya FM 95.9. The time is two minutes past seven on Monday, the 15th of July, 2019. You are listening to KFM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Dear child, what is your victory and how did you survive? Medical issues, sex and family, finance, parenting and emotional development. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afropolitan. Welcome to another week of Sidebar Cindy with me, um, Dr. Cindy Siwe Fansale. If you missed any of our previous shows, you can catch them on kayafm.co.za um, and listen to the podcast on FM Rewind. So this evening's topic, we have actress Florence Masebe joining us. And um, Florence has been encouraging people um, to speak, up about, about, speak out about overcoming hardships in life through the hashtag Dear Child. And um, she spoke up about what happened to her um, with that, with that um, horrific shooting incident in 1999, 20 years ago. And she survived it. And that's her victory. And she named it. So she's been telling us to name our victories and, and, you know, and to encourage other people. By, by sharing what we went through. So we expend, we're extending the topic to you tonight, Afropolitans. Dear child, what is your victory and how did you survive? So this evening, as I said, we'll be chatting to Florence Masebe, veteran actress, about um, and what she has survived and how she came through it. And um, I know that, I mean, I share a lot on social media. I share a lot of everything. But there are days when I get nostalgic and I look back on the past and, and how much I've, I've, I've survived and how much I've come through. I mean, just this morning, I did um, something on Twitter you know, and I asked people to remember what they had gone through 20 years ago. The hashtag was 20 years ago. And it's so important to look back and see how far you've come. And one of the things that I always say to people is that things in our lives don't happen the way we want them to. They don't always happen the way we want them to. We don't know why. It doesn't always happen like that. But one thing for sure, as long as you're still alive, there's hope. There's hope that tomorrow will be a better day. And um, I can tell story after story about that. But um, Florence will be here to share her story. But before we get there, we're taking your calls on 86 And we have Vusi on the line. Vusi um, responded to Florence's um, um, hashtag Dear Child. And he shared, um, he shared his, his story. And we have him online to tell us what he went through and how he's surviving what he went through. Good evening, Vusi, and welcome to Kai FM 9. Good evening, Dr. Cindy and the Afropolitans, and good evening to Mom Florence. Yes. So, Vusi, I know, um, I mean, I've I followed you on Twitter for a while, and, um, you know, your life changed two years ago. So, can you just yes. tell us a bit what, 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 what happened and what you went through and how you are living day to day, you know, and surviving what you went through? Oh, okay. Uh, about two years ago, uh, I was involved in a car accident. I was with my wife. Uh, that car accident actually left me uh, a paraplegic, uh, which means I'm paralyzed from the waist down and I have no sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, I've uh, struggled a lot with uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, even suicide attempts, mm-hmm. anxiety, self-pity, self-doubt, you know, oh, the list goes on, eh? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'd say for me, uh, the biggest victory is actually waking up each morning to live to see another day, you know, because 
I mean, with the alarming uh, statistics of depression and suicides, which are on a high currently, one can only be thankful for being uh, alive, you know. Mm. And uh, actually being uh, bold enough to talk about uh, my struggles and actually seeking professional help really helped me a lot. So I think like that's what actually keeps me going. That's, that's amazing, Vusi. And I know the adjustment. I, I mean, I have a friend who's been a paraplegic for over 10 years. But the first three to five years is very difficult. And um, yeah, and, and, and I think the hardest thing is just adjusting to life in a wheelchair. I mean, we take it for granted as able-bodied people. Um, we walk around, we don't notice steps, we don't notice stairs, we don't even notice buildings that are not wheelchair-friendly. Um, and yeah, and the, one of the first things that I had to do when he came out of rehab was to, to change his house and make his house wheelchair-friendly, something you take for granted. How was that for you and your family, Vus? Oh, it's been uh, challenging, you know, like even now, whenever we get uh, invited, invite, like a simple thing, like maybe a bride, we always have to worry. Will the place be wheelchair accommodative? You know, like simple things. Mm. When we have to go to our shopping, we have to worry like, wow, the mall that we're going to, will it be easily accessible for me? The toilets, you know, like everything just like changes. So you have to like learn and uh, adapt to like the new ways of doing things, you know. Mm. I think I like those on, hey? Them? But life goes on. You just have to accept it and move on with it. And I mean, I, I like what you're doing with, with with your story because you're encouraging other people. I mean, you also need encouragement, but in turn, you're using your story to, uh, to encourage other people who have found themselves in your situation. Yes, very true, very true. And in, terms, and in terms of your partner, I mean, I know that you're still together. Um, how, has, how has everything been for her? I mean, what are days like for her? I know she probably has good days and bad days as well. Oh, she has trusted me because we have like uh, two kids. So now she's like basically raising three children in the house, you know, having to care for like three men, you know. So it's a bit uh, difficult for her. Because I remember after the accident, she actually had uh, a breakdown where she had to go for counseling and stuff. Mm. But now she's handling it well, you know, because we really had to like learn on how to be, on how she could be like the best caregiver ever. And she's doing an amazing job. I'm so proud of her. You know, I'm blessed to have her. Oh, see, that is so awesome. And any words, words of encouragement for anyone who might be listening, who's in your situation where they, you know, they went from being able-bodied and now they're disabled. Um, what, what encouragement would you give to, to, to anyone that's in that situation? The, I think the best encouragement I can give them is that, they should never give up and uh, just take it one day at a time. You know, it might be hard adjusting and adapting to the new ways of doing things, but mm. eventually you'll get it right. You know, there's life beyond uh, disability, you know. Mm. No, thank you yeah, so much. And um, thank you so much for encouraging us on social media and through your WhatsApp statuses. I watch your WhatsApp statuses every day because you've always got something encouraging for the rest of us. Well, thank you so much, Take care. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to um, Kaya FM 95.9 and it's Sidebar Cindy with me, Dr. Cindy Sue Fancel. And this evening, we'll be chatting to Florence Masebe, um, an actress who's done very well for herself, but she survived a horrific shooting accident 20 years ago. And, you know, she's taken to social media to tell us to name our victories. Dear child, name your victories. And this is what we're doing this evening. What have you overcome? What have you struggled through? And you can look up now and say, wow. I made it. Call us on 86 959 SMS on 36959. Hashtags Sidebar Cindy and Kai FM Talk. We have Umpo calling us from Johannesburg. Good evening, Umpo, and welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Cindy. How are you? Good, thanks, Anil. 
Good thanks. So tell me your story, Mpo. What have you overcome? Um, I've, I've quite overcome a lot, hey. Right? But then um, the most tragic, terrific one I've overcome was losing my baby back in 2012. Mm. It was the most painful thing I've, I've ever went through. And I found consolation in Florence Mercedes' book, The Heart Move. Mm. That book gave me life because she expressed every feeling that one goes through when they go through things like how losing a child feels like and what people would say and what people would expect you to act. Of which I think it's something that is like unnecessary for people to dictate to you how you should feel or how you should act. They should just let you be and when you're done grieving for your for your loss and then you will be able to move on. Because like for the past five years, I haven't been myself. Mm-hmm. Only like two years back, I was able to recognize who I was. Because I, I was lost in all of this all of this tragedy and I was going through depression mm. and luckily my mom was there for me. She picked it up. Mm. I was always looking myself up in the room, not wanting anyone near me. But then I think with family support and everyone understanding what you're going through, you can overcome anything. And mm. it book make me realize that there's more to life. Yes, no, Florence is, no. Florence's book um, um, really helped a lot of people and is still helping a lot of people. And I'm so glad that you're able yeah. to find um, comfort in it. And before you go, Mpo, good yeah. evening, Florence, and welcome. And Hello. <laughs> so happy to see you. And Mpo was just sharing how in 2012 she lost a child and your book helped her through the darkest moments. Wow. It's good to hear that because uh, I think you know, Cindy, uh, I I say it a lot, that I almost didn't share those thoughts in that book. And and it was uh, my sister and a few other people who said, please do, because you might be helping another woman. So I'm quite glad and poor that uh, there were things in there that resonated and that helped you in your path. Thank you so much. And another thing is, um, the thing is, it's not easy to to, to share your loss, especially over time. It's mm. someone who hasn't gone through the very same loss. Because then there are like those people who will be like, um, it wasn't even a child. Why are you even crying? Like, yeah, it didn't yeah, even yeah. be a child. Mm. So, like, those kind of ways, they just break someone um, completely. Of course. So oh. yeah. thank, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Mpo. We're still taking calls. We'll take one more call. Um, Dumi is on the road. Um, Dumi, thank you so much for, for joining us on Sidebar Cindy on Kai FM. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, With my story, the victories that I've overcome, in 2009, I was only 16 years, I lost my mother in my hands. I saw my mother pass away, and as a teenager before that, I was so notorious, so, you know, I was... And for me, my mom passing away in my hands, I sometimes felt like it's my fault, maybe because of everything that I was doing at that time, maybe it's something to do that. And just when I thought I've seen it all, a year later, the same day, my grandmother passes away in my hand. Oh, so dang. for me, that experience just changed me to a point where I can't even recognize myself anymore, how much I've grown, how much I've learned, whereas mm. you're in matric and other kids are worried about their matric dresses and all you're worried about it's to make sure that uh, the money that you have will last you for the whole week. You know, the transport money. You know, it made me, the one thing that I appreciate from that experience is that it made me grow. 
And mm. with everything that went uh, that I went through, I couldn't go to tertiary. I couldn't get anything. And once I did, um, you know, I just I, I just hit the ground running. You know, yeah. so I was at home for three years after my matric. I couldn't do anything. By the time I first started my first year's tertiary, my friends were graduating. So mm. you can imagine the pressure and how I felt. But looking back at that and looking at where I am now, most of the uh, the, the, my my friends that are, that were graduated before me, they don't even work. Some of them at home, and I'm so privileged. Just after my degree, after six months, I've got I got an internship. After mm. six months, I've got I got after my internship, I got a permanent job. You know, I'm the first in the group to buy a car, and so for me, you know, it just made me grow. And for me, sometimes I look at it as a blessing in disguise to say. Okay, what if my mom hadn't pa- uh, passed away? I wouldn't be dead maybe by now of yeah. all the things that I was doing. So I'm looking at it as a blessing in disguise. Mm. But at the same time, every day when I think about all that experience with my mom, with my grandmother, it's just, especially because now I'm a new mom, mm. I, I, I'm just living in that fear to say, okay, what if I, I passed away? What about my daughter? So I'm trying to get over it uh, since I got a baby because I was fine. I was coping well. Everything was well. But now that I just got a baby, it's like now I'm going back there to say, okay, what if my child goes through the same thing? And And gets left behind, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, all is well. God is good. And yeah, some people don't understand how can I just openly talk about this. And so on. And for me, talking is what heals me. Mm. I went to therapy. I went to see psychologists and so on. And, you know, everyone thought, like, I'm literally going to lose it. But it actually was a 90 degree. Yeah, it helped me. It it helped me. It was a 90 degree turn to a point where I literally changed. I literally changed my ways. I literally, I am so successful in my career it is just amazing. Up is where I'm going. The only thing I just need to deal with is just the anxiety of... Of being a mom and kids. your child. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think that I love my child. So I pray even more than to say, please, God, you know how experienced I'm yeah. scared and all of that. But that's what I've overcome through circumstances, having to use public transport. And we know public transport in South Africa is not that. Having to use the train, having to get on the first bus, Mm. You know, five o'clock you have to be at the bus stop because you have to be at that internship and the other interns have cars, mm. their parents got cars, having to overcome all that. And yeah, for me, it, it's a blessing. I, I always joke with my friends to say, I will walk to the puzzle stop even if it's five minutes away. I've had my special puzzle <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And no, that's you my are not. No, thank you so much for sharing that to me. And I think, you know, that, that fear that you have about leaving your child behind, that's natural and that's something that you'll you'll overcome as time goes mm-hmm. on i mean you know it, it's something it's, it's it's natural to feel the way that you feel um mm-hmm. and um yeah thank you so much for sharing that and you know in sharing we encourage other people and we also encourage ourselves because looking back and appreciating how far you've come is extremely important um florence That's- anything say to me before she i think to me your victories are beautiful and congratulations that what god delayed you ultimately got for yourself you mm. you graduated thank you you may thank have you. started late but you've got a beautiful restoration story. And, yeah. you know, we name our victories so that we don't get overwhelmed by our challenges. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you so much for calling. Um, Florence, I am so glad that you're here. I, I love everything that you've been doing for us on social media. I mean, I know that for you, a lot of it is just your healing and 
and and that's your that's your journey that's your healing but you have no idea how much you encourage us on a daily basis you know the dear child hashtag you know when you go through all those stories and what people have gone through what they've come through you look at your own life and you think wow so i'm not the only one that's been going through this yeah you know and and that just took a life of its own mm. And I'm glad people saw it for what it was and, and, and named the victory and named them out loud. Uh, I think for me, I wasn't even saying name them here. I was just saying name them mm. because even in our daily lives, we forget to name the things that we were victorious about. The smallest of victories is a big deal. You know, um, I'm asthmatic. So breathing is a victory. I know. I mean, when, and when you've gone to hospital and you tell us you're in hospital and you come out, we are just happy that you're out because... We know how thin the line yeah. is between living and dying. And exactly. Mm. So, so for me, victories are everything. It's waking up, being okay is a victory. Driving home and, and not being in an accident is a victory. I mean, I, I was listening to Vusi earlier talking about the accident. So the victories need to be named by ourselves yeah. first so that we don't get overwhelmed and find ourselves not being able to deal with the challenges because no matter how small a challenge if if you never see the victorious side of any of the things in your life yeah the smallest of challenges becomes quite a well to swim wow one thing i wanted us to talk about is you know like when bad things happen to to a person is it is it do you link it to something spiritual how how do you make sense of a bad thing happening to to a good person. Kaya FM 95.9, home of the Afro- Afropolitan. Welcome back to Sidebar Cindy with me, I'm Cindy Fancel, and I'm joined in studio um, by Florence Masebe, actress, human rights activist. And um, Florence has done so much. I think more recently, um, we know that she's been standing up to the national broadcasters for exploiting actors and actresses in the industry. And that's such a bold move to make in an industry where most people would rather keep quiet and turn, you know, and turn a blind eye. Um, she's written a book about grieving. She speaks a lot about motherhood. And more recently, she's now acting in, in the Republic. But what I love the most about France is her dear child hashtag, the hashtag that trends on social media, where she, you know, she gives us advice. She just puts out statements that resonate with you. And she was, you know, she was encouraging us to, to name our victories, share what we've come through and how much, you know, it has helped us and changed us. And just before we went on the break, I asked Florence about how some of us sometimes attach spirituality to, to bad things happening. You know, it's a generational curse. It's a thing that runs through the family. Florence, what do you think about that? Because it's a burden. I mean, over and above the, the, the burden that you're going through, it's kind of a heavy burden to then add on to one's life. I think if, if one believes that the, there are things they need to do, cleansings they need to do to, to cut themselves off any generational um Burdens, I won't call them curses, yeah. that they feel they carry, by all means do it. But do not define your entire life journey according to other people's mistakes, people who are no longer here. I don't think that focusing on what goes wrong in one's life is the best way to get to where one wants to go. Mm. So for me, I remember having a conversation actually many, many years ago when everybody was going, so do you worry about this? Do you worry? I said, I love coffee. I love good coffee. Yeah. I make filter coffee every morning, first thing. And I care about what ends up in my cup, not, not what's left in, in the filter bag. Mm. So what people would regard as the curse is what's in the filter bag. If you love tea, 
you don't go opening your tea bag after you've drank your good cup. Mm. Drink the cup. What you care about is what lands in your cup because that's what goes into your system. And that's how you've managed to move on from tragedies and, and incidents in your life. Absolutely. Well, you don't necessarily move on from a lot of things because yeah. there's remnants of those things that walk with you every day. But you, you recognize the bad for what it is. It's bad. It's here. I'm also here and I'm not bad. So I'm going to keep moving. Wow, Florence, that's very powerful. I mean, I know that you shared on the Dear Child hashtag, you shared about what happened 20 years ago, the, the shooting incident. And um, it, it was it was amazing for us to just see you open up like that because we remember that incident is very vivid in most of our minds. And it was a very shocking time of, 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 of life. Absolutely. And um, it's a place I don't go to. Um, yes. It's a place I, I, I keep away because I don't want to be defined by anything mm. bad that happens in my life. I want to be defined by all the beautiful blessings I find myself carrying. Um, that snippet of sharing was me saying, I'm not going on a journey of indulging in your victories because I'm enjoying looking at, oh, you had such hard times. Yeah. It was me saying, don't think I'm quiet. Don't think I'm just loving your stories. I too have my victories, big and small. Mm. And that's not even the only victory. I think... My most recent victory was my hospitalization last year, Feb. That was a victory and a half. But I name victories every day. I name a victory when I manage to, you know, get home. Mm-hmm. I name a victory when I manage to finish an assignment. I name a victory now that I'm managing to be in the Republic. In fact, maybe to link it to, to, to the gunshot. Yeah. There's gunfire everywhere on that set. Yes. Uh, I myself carrying the guns and using the guns quite a bit. There's guns in my face every single moment. In the storyline, yes. And if I was the kind of person that dwells until they're paralyzed by dwelling, I wouldn't be able to live. So I've learned to recognize. I don't ignore. I recognize what's facing me. I say it is here. So am I. Who's the winner? Who is the winner indeed? Well, we're taking your calls on 86 959 I'm chatting to Florence Masebe. And, you know, the hashtag is Dear Child, Name Your Victory. And the other thing I wanted to talk about, Florence, was, was your childhood. I mean, I know your sister. Your sister <laughs> is, is a medical doctor and she's very passionate about primary health care. Well, the health care, you know, sector in South Africa. Um, but you come from a very loving family. Uh, you know, you grew up in a bubble of love. And I'd like to know more about that. Um, it's, 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 it's villagehood. <laughs> you don't have a choice but to love one another and be one. No, man, no, no matter really, what. Fly, really? It, it, it really is. I, I think okay. I don't know any other way. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's one of those things where we, we really, if we have a, a tiff with a friend, we don't get eaten up by it because we're like, ah, okay, that's fine. And then tomorrow everything... Because I've got friends at home. <laughs> we're so many. So, like, who are you? It's fine. It hurts me a little. Mm. But my first friends are my sisters yeah. and my brothers. So we are those type of people. We, we, uh, the first things that happen, if, if I'm very happy and there's something to share, yes, I'll call my sister first. If, if there are um, sad things... I'll also call my sister first, my sister and my brother. It's a whole long list and I don't call them in a group and everybody gets their own message. And it's beautiful. We, we really come from that. We come mm. from where 
we knew we met her to each other first and mm. foremost. And you go home, you go back home quite a lot. I mean, how have you managed to, to, to you know, be a Joba girl, to be, be doing everything that you're doing and still have that strong attachment to home? I'm still not a Joba girl. I've well, lived in Joburg. So I've lived in Joburg <laughs> for a whole 25 years. And, you know, I still call myself but, but a villager in this quite city. A lot, because home is home. Home is me. I, mm. I can't not be home. Mm. And it's important for me. It's important also, though, to show the young person growing up in a dusty place, the young person growing up in a place with no roads, that the poverty that they see around them, the lack of development that they see around them can be changed by them. One person at a time. One person at a time, that they can be successful. So it's important to go back home, not to brag, but to go back home to inspire. So people need to know that there's a backstory. The Florence that we see today has a home that she comes from. And, you know, I'm successful. I'm doing all of these things. But this is where I come from. Yeah, it's absolutely important. It's important for me to walk past the schools where I went to primary school yeah. and, and show a child this, this, is, this was my desk at some point, which means whatever dream you have for yourself, go after it. That's amazing, Florence. Well, we're taking your calls on 86 We have Utebu calling us from Johannesburg. Good evening, Utebu, and welcome to Sidebar Cindy. Oh, hello, Dr. Zin. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm good. Uh, you know what? Now that um, you're talking about it, I just realized the power of social media. You mm. know, um, there was a page um, a few months ago, I think mental wellness or something. Trending, yes. And then that's when I started talking about the pain of losing my parents. And I realized that, you know, some of us come from families whereby after losing someone, this silence, kind of like uh, no one says it, but you're not allowed to talk about yeah. the pain. Yes. Mm. So that we can numb it and yeah. um, just, just don't talk about it. Don't don't make us cry. Don't cry. Yeah. Mm. It's over. It's over. Let's move on. And, you know, it changes you so much. I don't think you remain the same after living summer. So I lost my parents a few years back in an accident. And um, we're just not allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I remember joining that page, Mental Wellness Something, and um, the person who corresponds to the DMs just told me to express every emotion that comes. Sometimes I'd be angry uh, at my parents for dying. Because, you know what, um, we... Some families, man, we have that thing which is, don't talk about it, though you will attract another death in the family. So yeah. just keep quiet and everything. So I think that awareness, that's the power of social media and seeing how other people, um, I think, express the pain. Yeah. It helps you and it teaches you on how to deal with your own. Yeah, and it's important to go through all of those um, emotions, Debu. I mean, the one thing I can tell you about grief is that you won't ever be the same again. There's, there's obviously a Debu mm-hmm. before your parents passed away, and there's a Debu mm-hmm. that now exists. And the way I explain mm-hmm. to people is that mm-hmm. you are now, you're still walking, but you're walking with a limp, and that's the new you, and that's okay, right? So you'll you'll never be the same again, mm-hmm. because that is, that's devastating. Losing parents is devastating. So there's a new you and it's okay and people must take it or leave it. You mustn't make any excuses for the new person that you are. You're going to lose friends. You're going to lose relatives. You'll change completely and it's okay. And it's please okay. don't apologize for yeah. wanting to talk about the yeah. loss. Yeah. Because if you don't talk about it, it's going to consume you. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, thank you so much for calling. We have Angela calling us from Johannesburg. Good evening, Angela, and welcome to Kai FM. Hi, Dr. Cindy, and hi, Old Slogan. Hello. Um, yo, wow. Um, talking about achievements and talking about the things that we've overcome. Mm. I think in my life I've overcome a lot of things. Um, I'm HIV positive, living openly with HIV, with HIV, and I'm an HIV activist. I've gone through a lot of things. In 2005, um, I got pregnant. I was a teenager. I was 17. Then lost my sister. Then lost my mother the same year. Mm. Then had to complete my matric. Then had to take on the responsibility of being a mother to my my sister's child. Mm. You know, and I think I've over you know I've overcome all of those things. But there is one thing that still hurts me so badly to this day. And perhaps Australians, you can give me some advice with regards to that. You know, because a lot of us struggle with overcoming traumatic life events. I want to know, how do I get over the loss of my mom? You know, even now, as I start speaking about it, I've got a lump in my throat, you know. Mm. I, I feel hot. It's just something that is so difficult to overcome. How do I do it? You know, the, 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 it's Angela, right? Angela, yes. Angela, there's no formula to how one deals with loss and grief. You must start by having honest conversations with yourself out loud. Um, I found that journaling helps quite a few people. It helped me too. And it is the one place where I was able to be honest. I was able to be angry when I needed to be angry. I was able to be delusional when I needed to be delusional. I was Mm -hmm. able to just be totally helpless at times. And the important thing was, while I didn't have anybody in front of me, or I didn't have the brave spirit to tell those next to me what I was feeling, I could say it to the pages of a notebook. But it was out of my system. Because when I don't let it out, it means I'm carrying it and it's confusing me even further every day. It's important to let it out. It's important to find a group of people. You know, social media gets uh, labeled as a really ugly and bad place, but you find a lot of good groups out there of people who share their grief and their loss with each other. There must be many groups for people who are dealing with your kind of loss. And it's important to go to the ones dealing with your kind of loss. The ones battling the loss of a parent. The ones battling specifically the loss of a mother. Because losing a mother, oof, our mothers are our lives, you know. So you need to find people who will not think you're exaggerating your pain. You need to find people with whom you will feel safe to tell them just how ugly it gets. Mm -hmm. And be able to name it to them. Yes, the previous caller was talking about how we're not allowed to talk about it. Mm. As Africans, we are very scared of death. We're very scared of dealing with somebody's departure. So it's and a- I remember, I remember at my mom's funeral, uh, one of my aunts preparing us in the morning to say that, you know what, you're not going to be crying. You're not going to be having a show for people. Just <laughs> keep yourself and behave. You're not going to be having a show for people. Wow, I'm, I'm very. Yeah. I'm very fortunate then in that I come from a place where they say, hey, let her wail. Let it, she wants to cry, 
don't go running with antidepressants. Let her feel. It's important yeah. for us to feel. So if you feel when you are in certain spaces, you're not allowed to feel, take yourself away to that space where you give yourself permission to feel the grief, to feel the pain. Because when yeah. you've let it out, you're able to get up. The, the tears are not an enemy. They are a friend. They come to cleanse. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And Angela, before so we let you go, there's one more thing I want to say about you to, to, to um, Florence. Angela's a carer, so she's a healthcare professional. And I find that um, we spend so much time helping other people. I know that I drowned my grief in, in pouring out help to people, yep. right? But it eventually catches up with you. Mm. So how do we work around that? You, you, you really do need to step away and give yourself the space to be you and to cry. Angela, because you know, we, we are always on high, you know, we're always yeah. working like workhorses, and that keeps us yeah, so from crying and breaking down. To help other people. Mm. You know? yeah. And sometimes we find ourselves pouring from empty cups. We do pour from empty cups, and, and I know this for myself as well. Expected, actually, to be the first one to get up to help, even yeah. on a day when I'm running on empty. Um, expected to hold it, hold it together. Mm. We, we, we actually even time ourselves. But. Um, even in the timing yourself, because as artificial as the sound, you do need to say, okay, I held it all, I held it all, car is in the garage, let go. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Give yourself the moment to let go. You, you deserve that moment of, now I'm letting it go. Mm. I'm not holding it together for anybody, I'm letting it go. And if family sees me letting it go, all the better, because they know I'm no Joan of Arc. Mm. Thank you so much, Thank Angela. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Florence, I mean, uh, first of all, I love the way you speak. Your voice is mesmerizing. I could listen to you all day. But I just, I love the way you articulate things. I love the way you write. I love the way you articulate things. So has has writing and public speaking and all that stuff been part of your life? Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> my, my, my grandmother was a poet. Oh. Uh, I love her. She was a poet. Yeah. Maybe she gave a bit of, of, of her gift in words. But, um, you know, and I was a public speaking competitor from very early at mm. school. Then I, I, I went to drama school. So I, I was reading, training the speaking voice from the time I was 17 years old. So Florence, coming back to you um, on Sidebar at Cindy. Um, yes, you do run. I know you, and, and you're always cheerleading. You are such a fantastic cheerleader, <laughs> Florence. Like you are always encouraging people. That is special. I, I see you up at the crack of dawn. You're there cheerleading the runners. Wow. I, I, I have to, so well, the cheerleading the runners is because, you know, there, there's a runner in the office that, Unfortunately, it's part of my duty to cheerlead for, <laughs> um, you know, but I think that's the important part. Runners can't do what they do without the people who support them mm. to run and finish the race. And it's quite a metaphor for life. Mm. You won't finish your race unless you have a team that supports you and, and cheers you on. Sometimes those people that cheer you on don't even know you. They're just random st strangers on the side of the road. That's true. And I think that's the power 
that social media has brought into our lives because we we, we tweet stuff, we say stuff on, 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 on social media, be it Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And you don't realize how much, how many lives you touch until you get messages from someone saying, you know, Dr. Cindy, three months ago you tweeted this, that changed my life. And I think you get lots of messages like that as well with, with the stuff that you share with us. Absolutely. Sometimes I get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm just me, Florence, mm. with, with, with my own weaknesses. But then I realize that by sharing the little that I do, mm. somebody gets touched. And if it touches even just one person, you've made a difference. It's true. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, Florence, when you, you know, in terms of expressing emotions, I mean, I spoke just now about how eloquent you are and how, how you're able to express your emotions so clearly. How would you advise someone, say someone that's living with depression or they're going through a rough time, how would you advise them to, ex- to express themselves to their relatives? And I'm speaking from a black point of view because I know that when I was in the depths of depression, my aunt and my mom, they, they just didn't get it. So they, they came with prayer and holy water yeah. and, you know, keep them at demoni and things like that. And that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what I needed. Yeah. In hindsight, maybe I could have done things a bit differently, but anyway, it's happened. How would you advise a person to speak up? So I want to advise them to be like me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little too blunt. I'm the type that says, don't come in here to pray. I don't need your prayer. I just need somebody who knows that I'm in an ugly space. Okay. That's I'm, fair. I'm really that person. Mm. So I don't battle with putting things the way I want to put them. Mm. But I don't expect everybody to be like that. Um, I think tell people when you're not well. And, and even when they say, but why are you not well? Do you say you don't know? That's hard though, Florence. Yeah. But, but you know, if you, you were to say to an elder... I feel really awful, but I do not know why I feel like this. They would stop to think, maybe this is serious. Maybe what can I do? Mm. They will try stuff. The elderly may not know all about therapy and Western ways of Mm. of doing therapy, but they have their own little ways of making sure they're paying attention to you just a little more than they did yesterday. Mm. But we don't because we're raised to think if something is wrong, I'll just get up, just snap out of it. Or, or the ones who pray will say, let's pray the depression demon out of you. Mm. It's not a demon. You're not well. Let's look after you. If it means sending you to a doctor for it, let's do so. If it means you need to be admitted for a while so that professionals can take care of this, let's do so. And then let's look for things, little things that make you happy. In the midst of the dark space, there's always something that works. That can cheer you up. Yeah. You know, uh, there, there are people who say, when I'm feeling really, really terrible, just the smell of my grandmother's cooking. Cheers me up. Then grandmother will cook a meal for you. Yeah. And that will help. But she won't do it if she doesn't know you are in a really terrible space. She thinks you're just being lazy and staying in bed for three days in a row. Mm. That's yeah, that's so important. And I think having been through it, I know exactly what you're speaking about. I mean, some days I just wanted to sleep the whole the whole day or, you know, two days, just close the curtains. Don't talk to anyone. And that's what I wanted. And I was fortunate enough that my husband understood and he'd give me that space. But I guess not everyone has that um, has that opportunity. The other thing I wanted to, to, to also discuss was how, you know, when something bad has happened, we then think we're being followed by this cloud of bad luck. And we're too afraid to try other things, yeah. right? You then think to yourself, well, do I? Okay, I'm not going to try anything else. How does someone crack through that? I don't know. I think we each handle those things differently. 
With me, I handle it by saying it didn't work. But the next one doesn't have to end the way the last one did. And I am the type of person who doesn't live expecting to not have hardships come my way. Oh, okay. That's that's different. So I, I do not think that I'm, I'm immune to bad things coming through to me. So I'm not even one of those things that, saying, that will say bad things happening to good people. No, bad things happen. Just like good things happen. Mm. So I focus on the good. And when the bad things come, I face them head on. Sometimes by hiding and I rock for a little bit. Mm. And then coming out when I've got the energy and fighting. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's powerful. The other thing as well that happens when people go through hardships, especially with grief, is that you, you change. So that core, that, that, that your DNA changes in some way. And you lose friends or relatives along the line um if that happened to you i mean i know it's happened with me and i've I've, i'm okay with it now i'm I'm in a place where i'm okay with having changed and lost friends um did you go through that um do you know what i've seen is that it's okay to change let's start there uh people who love and love you and care about you enough will understand that it's a life-changing event that has happened in your life and that they can't expect you to be the same Cindy that you were before you lost your mother. Mm. Um, You should also not expect yourself to still be that person. I tried, but it it, it failed. It failed spectacularly. You have a new normal. Yeah. This is the new normal for you. Yeah. Embrace the new normal and find ways. Um, You should also not try to have absolute healing because if you have absolute healing it means you don't feel any longer Mm. remember you still want a memory you still want the cord the connection to that love Mm. the grief is exactly that it's a reminder of the love you had for the person you lost Mm. it's just that as you grow you carry it differently that's true so let's the people who want you to suddenly not be the person who's lost, who wants you to go back and just forever be great, don't want to understand you. So maybe if you're losing them, it's okay. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> tough. I mean, losing friends <laughs> at this age is, is, is not easy. And obviously, you know, trying to make new friends at this age is also not so easy. But what you've spoken about the new normal is what a lot of people need to hear, that you can't expect to be, to, to be the same after, a, you know, a life-altering experience. I mean, grief is, is life-changing. Any traumatic experience, you'll come, of, come out on the other side um, a different person. And um, the journaling that you spoke about, Florence, where would you encourage a person to start? Because I know that when I was in hospital, when I was admitted for depression and I was in a mental hospital, I wrote a lot and I just put out so much stuff. There's this stuff that I even I didn't even know had caused issues in my life. And yeah. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and I read it to the therapist and a lot of tears flowed yeah. and that helped. Where, would, where does someone start with journaling? Start where you are. Mm. Start where you are. Start with today. You know, here, now, I feel. And then go. Don't go yesterday, I felt. No. Mm. Yesterday's past. You survived it. Today, here, this minute, I feel terrible. Today, this minute, I'm smiling. I think I'm smiling because one, two, three just happened. Mm. The smile has made me momentarily forget that for the last seven weeks, I've been crying every day. It feels good to smile. Full stop. 
don't push it don't look for what's not there write only what's inside you and 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 it'll get easier as the day it will get by. easier and and journal for yourself don't journal for an audience journaling is not about who's going to read it later mm. it's about me needing to release and when you come back and read it to yourself later it continues to be your therapy with yourself yeah, that's beautiful. I'm learning so much from you this evening, Florence. And, um, you know, as I said, you've shared so much with us on social media. And the Dear Child hashtag, I mean, it's not a now thing. You've been, you've been hashtagging Dear Child for quite a while. And I always love the nuggets of advice you give from, you know, from the things that you went through, um, you know, when you were younger. Um, like just three nuggets of, of advice for everyone that's listening, you know, <laughs> things that we can look forward to, what we shouldn't do or should do or whatever. There's three special things that you can say to us before, before we let you go. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Um, I'm a villager, so I love growing my own food. I want to eat things that I can say for a fact I know where they came from. Because I don't know what they're putting in this food these days. I haven't been home for a week. I have these beautiful tomatoes that I bought two weeks ago. They're not rotting, they're wrinkling. Do I want to go back to that store and buy tomatoes? No. I will only eat tomatoes from the back of my house. That you grew yourself. That I grew myself. So being the villager, I respect the soil because the soil gives me food. Um, being a villager, I also know that if I'm putting litter into the ground, when I come back and try to plant food, the food won't grow. And the most important one is the only person I know to be is me. Sorry. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Shalia FM 95.9. That's what shapes me. So people will say she's such a culturalist, such a traditionalist. No, I'm just me. You're just being yourself. I don't know how to be somebody else. So if what I am is what you regard as a little too traditional, that's just me, rural like that. And I'm okay with it. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much, Florence, for joining us um, on Sidebar Cindy. Um, in closing, life keeps throwing me stones and I keep finding the diamonds. That's a quote from um, author Anna Claudia Antunes. Sidebar with Cindy. Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit Kaya.